tonight, Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. And we're going to read just a few verses there from verse 22 to verse 25. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. All of our visitors, thank you for being with us. Give our visitors a hand tonight. Great to see you in the house of the Lord. Just a blessing to see Brother Joe with us tonight. Don't get to see him on Wednesdays very often, so it was so good to see him tonight. And God is good all the time. This is, uh, uh, speaking of that little phrase, this is Sister Bibiana's last service until July. Where's she at? Kids, doing kids? Yes, she'll be uh, off doing some ministry stuff, and she be, won't be back till July the 11th, so get a chance to see Sister Bibby. Uh, do that tonight and let her know you love her and praying for her and just look forward to her getting back to us but she's got a great opportunity Luke chapter 8 verse 22 very familiar story in the scripture says now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples and he said unto them let us go over unto the other side of the lake and they launched forth But as they sailed, he fell asleep, and there came down a storm of wind on the lake, and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. One version says they asked him, Do you not care, or you carest thou not that we perish? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. And he said unto them, Where is your faith? And they, being afraid, wondered, saying one to another, What manner of man is this? For he commandeth even the winds and the water, and they obey him. And I want to ask us the question tonight, Where is our faith? Where is our faith? And so could we just put our Bibles down for a moment, lift our hands and just pray for the lesson. Ask God to speak to us tonight. Lord, we love you in this house. We praise you. You're so precious to us. We're thankful for your word and for your keeping power, what you're doing in our lives. Let us hear what you're saying tonight, God. Let us receive it in good ground and be better. Let our lives be changed, Lord, that we might be more like you. To serve you as we should, God, we ask it tonight in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Now give him another hand clap and a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Where's your faith at tonight? Hallelujah. God's good. You can be seated. And again, thank you for being in the house of the Lord. Now, to me, reading this, I've you know read it like most of us always do. Where's your faith, and and uh, you know where's your trust in the Lord? And but uh, I was reading over something else, and this story came to mind. And that that question that Jesus asked, "Where's your faith?" just stayed with me, and it seemed like the the Lord was pressing on me: Is our faith in the God of miracles, or is our faith in God alone? See, these men in this boat had walked with Jesus. They had seen the miraculous time and time again. They knew that he was a miracle worker. They had watched healings and miracles and all kind of things that had gone on. They'd watched water turned into wine. They knew he could open blinded eyes. He could raise the dead. He could heal the sick, cast out evil spirits. They they knew that Jesus was a miracle worker. And when... He asked them this question. I don't believe that Jesus was asking them, hey, you know, where's your faith? Because he wondered if they had left their faith somewhere or they, you didn't pack it for this trip or, or what. You know, I don't believe that's it. And when he said, where was it? I believe he was ask, asking them, where have you placed your faith? Was it only in the God of the miraculous or was it in God alone because their panic wake up fix this don't you care we're about to perish it's, it's, you know but the Bible says it's not the Lord's will that we perish but anyway uh, they were in jeopardy the Bible says it it records it there was wind there was storm there was water in the boat and they were in jeopardy and guess what he was right there 
with them. So is your faith only in what he is doing or what he can do, or is it completely in him? When trouble comes, if you don't deliver us, you don't care about us, is that, are we only after what he can do? Where is our faith? Where have we placed our faith? Is it only in uh, the miraculous that we can see, that the, the relief that we can get, or is our faith in him? Realizing that even in the storm, he's with me. That even if the boat is full of water, I'm not going to perish. Even when I'm in jeopardy, he has not left me or he has not forsaken me, but he is there with me. Is our faith in him or in what he does? Is our faith in God who saved us or is it in what he does for us? Do we serve him for the benefits that he loads us with daily or do we serve him simply because he is God? Is our faith in God alone? If you look at the story, the the promise was in his word. It starts out saying that Jesus made a statement, let us go over unto the other side. It was in his word. And if our faith is in him, then it's also in his word and he cannot lie. So whenever I have faith in God, I can trust that things will be all right. If Jesus said, let us, he didn't say let me go over or just let two or three of us go over. Whoever was in that group was going. Let us go over to the other side. He said it. It's going to happen no matter the wind, no matter the water. The boat could have turned upside down. That boat could have turned into a submarine and they was going to get to the other side. Because Jesus said, let us get over to the other side. He went to sleep. And he knew the storm would come. He knew that the wind was coming. He knew that the water was coming. And still he led them to set sail. He still said, get in this boat. Go with me. Even though he knew that they would be in the middle of that storm. Well, you know, nobody minds launching out with Jesus as long as the water's smooth. Nobody cares about a nice day on the lake with Jesus. But who wants to be in a storm with Jesus? Well, if I'm going to be in a storm, I sure want it to be with him. That's who I want on my side. I want him knowing what's going on. Listen, Jesus did not care. He cared about his disciples. But he did not care that the storm would come. And he did not care that water would fill the boat. And he did not care that it would seem that they were in jeopardy. Because he knew something that they should have known. He was there. Storms do not eliminate God from your life. Come on, somebody. The Bible says that God has his way in the whirlwind and in the storm. I have never seen the righteous forsaken. Not in a storm, not in a trial, not in on their worst day. I have never seen God walk away or turn his back or not be there when his people needed him. And listen, some storms are allowed by God, maybe even needed for us. So where is our faith? When the ship begins to fill with water, where is our faith? When we get the phone call, we don't want to get where is our faith. When we lose our job, where is our faith? When our house burns down or we wreck our car or we lose a loved one in our life, where is our faith? Is it in the God that provides or is it in God alone? Where is our faith tonight? Listen, there are times in the very moment... Just like they were in the moment, in the storm, in the middle of it. There are times in that moment when we do not understand or appreciate what God is doing. But it is He who is doing. Hello. He's the master of the wind. He's the master of the waves. He created these things. And He is the one who is doing. And if I can't understand the storm... I can still trust him. I, I can't always, hey, I cannot always trust God's actions. Listen to what I'm saying. Because I don't always understand what he's doing, but I know him. Job said, I don't know where he is, but I know him. I don't know what he's doing, but I know him. I've looked here, there, and everywhere, and I cannot perceive him, but I do know 
Listen, I may not always understand why God has let this in my life or why God allowed this to happen, but I do know God. And when I can't understand the storm, I can still trust him. Because I know he's the one who said that if I begin a good work in you, I will finish it. I know that he's the same God that Sarah said of that uh, he is faithful who has promised. And that's where our faith should be. It should be in the God who loves us, the God who died for us, the God who said, I will never leave you or forsake you. He never leaves. The boat's filling with water. I'm still here. The wind's blowing. The boat's rocking. I'm still here. But we become victims of the storm if our faith is not in him but only in what he can do. If our faith is only in what we can see, then we're looking at the things that are temporary and not in the things that are eternal. Friend, we can become a victim of the storm and we begin to cry out and wonder, where is God? Why is it he doing when he's right there and he is doing? His presence uh, is what brings us peace. Just knowing that he is there with us should comfort us if, our, if that's where our faith is. Is my faith in God or in his miracles? I wonder what lesson that they missed because they didn't just write it out. Wonder how much stronger they would have been in their walk at that point had they just realized we came across this lake in this boat that was full of water. We came across this lake in a boat that was upside down and we didn't even fall out of it because Jesus was with us. I don't, I don't, know, I, I don't know what they could have learned, but, but because they had to, to, to call him up and get him to stand up and say, look, stop this thing because we're too scared to go any further. We're, we're afraid uh, of what's about to happen. And so he said, where's your faith? Is it not in me that I'm here? I'm your man. You think I'm going to drown? You think I'm going to let you? I, I asked you to go with me. I said, let us go. You think I called you out here so I could kill you, so I could drown you? Come on, somebody. He, he said, I allowed the storm. But I, I, I figured, hey, let's see if they know who's in the boat with them. Let's see if they realize that I'm here. And, and sometimes we might get a little uh, salt water in our eyes. We might get a little rain on us. We might get in the middle of a storm. And it might get a little scary. We might actually be in jeopardy. But God is with us. And so... I'm glad that my faith is not in only what he can do. My faith rests in him. What lesson have we missed? Because we bailed out instead of wrote it out. He was there. Where was their faith? Or maybe we could say it like this. If we only serve Jesus for the miracles or for the fish and the loaves. If we only serve Jesus for the fish and the loaves. Then we'll start to look somewhere else when we get hungry. Well, y'all just go and let that sink in for a minute. If it's all about what he can give me, I'll start looking somewhere else when I feel empty. Mm, oh, my. So don't come on, come on, Pastor, get off my toes. Oh, listen to me. I'm trying to ask you tonight, where is, I, that's why I, I titled it like this. I said, where is our faith? Because if you, if you think that the pastor don't ever have to wonder what's going on, oh, he does. <laughs> and, he, and he has to remember that, hey, God's still with us. It's God that started this work. It's God that called this work and ordained. i got to remember that God's still in this boat. It might be taking on water. It might be in the middle of a storm, but God's still in this boat. That's why, where is our faith, church? Come on, where is it at? Is it in this God that is faithful and true? Is it in this God that... Uh, that, that loved us and gave himself for us, filled us with his spirit, called us to be his children. Is that where it's at? Because if it's only in the things that he can hand me, then when my hand becomes empty, I'll start looking somewhere else to get what I need. But when my faith is in him, he shall supply all of my need according to his riches in glory through Christ Jesus. Come on, somebody. If my faith's in him, I remember that he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. I, you know, when my faith is in him, I realize that I can lift up my cup to him and it's going to run over. When I'm going through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil because his rod and his staff, they comfort me. It's, uh, my, my faith's in him. I can walk through these things because he's there. You know, if I serve him and I, my faith is in him, then I'll have the same answer that Peter had. 
when many of his disciples turned and walked away, and Jesus looked at them and said, will you also go away? And he said, where would we go? You have the words to eternal life. It ain't about uh, what I can get here. It's what I'm looking forward to there. Uh, so, so we're going to go through things. But where will our faith be when we go through it? Will it be in this God that, that keeps us? Or is it going to be in only what we can see? Well, if I, you know, we, we sing the song. Even when I can't see it, he's working. But is it, man, is it just a catchy tune? Or is it something we actually believe that, hey, uh, even when I can't see it, he is working. I know what he, he's doing. Uh, I, I want my faith to be in him, not only in what he does. I want it to be in who he is. He's holy. He's righteous. He's just. He's sovereign. He's merciful. He's kind. He's good. He's faithful. He's our God. He's our shepherd. He's our deliverer. He's our healer. He's our provider. He's our savior. Come on, somebody. Where's our faith at tonight? Oh, those disciples, you know, it's, you know, it's really a shame that them disciples didn't have one of them little rubber band bracelets that had WWJD on it. Or they didn't have some sandal latchets that had WWJD on it. They could have looked down and said, oh, what would Jesus do? He took a nap. <laughs> you know what? The, I want to be just like Jesus. Well, then take a nap when the storm comes. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Uh, one writer said, I will lay myself down in peace and sleep. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Oh, when you trust in him, when the storm comes, you can just lay your head down and go to sleep. It ain't that you're being unconcerned, uncaring. You know he's got it all. Hey, I can't. You know what Peter said? I can't stop this wind. I can't stop this storm. I can't bail the water out fast enough. So I should just go to sleep and let him handle it. Because when I realize I can't do anything with it, I still know he can do everything with it. Come on, somebody. So, uh, you, you ought to realize whatever you're going through right now, you, you're so busy looking for what God's going to do. Hey, quit looking for what he's going to do and just trust him that he's going to do. Just believe he's going to make a way that he's going to bring me out of it. He, he, he's never going to leave me or forsake me. That God, God's got his hand on my life. And I trust him. And I believe in him. Where is your faith? Because things... Even things that God gives us get used up and pass away. He fed a multitude with fishes and loaves, but they ate it. They took up some fragments, but, you know, a week later, that fish and loaf wasn't nowhere to be found. And even the things that God gives us here on this earth, sometimes he, he gives us things, he gives us jobs, and then sometimes them jobs play out. Yeah, sometimes he, he gives us uh, uh, money in the bank, and that money runs out. But you know what don't ever run out? He don't. The source never runs out. And my trust is in the source. In him I live, and in him I move, and in him I have my being. It's all about him. But we've got to remember that, that things are going to come our way. And God uses struggle. And sacrifice and heartache and pain to write our life story. He's the author and finisher of our faith. And without all those things, it would be a very dry and boring story. And if Jesus allows it in our life, then it must be needed. Paul, such a great man of chosen vessel the scripture said uh, what Jesus said of him that I've chosen him he's, in a, ves he's a vessel and I'm going to use him and uh, he went through so many things and he writes in 2 Corinthians 12 verses 7 through 10 he begins to relay an infirmity in his flesh a thing that's there to buffet him and and I would think that Paul, you know, if Paul wanted to be that kind of person, he could say, you know, Lord, I don't understand why this is happening because I have started churches and I have preached your gospel and I have done miracles and I have 
uh, laid hands on people to receive the Holy Ghost. I've suffered. I've been chased. I've been shipwrecked. I've been beat, left for dead, all kinds of things. And I don't understand why this is happening. But he said, Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelation, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me. That means to like, the word translates to like to hit or to rap with your fist. Just something constantly there, always. Just, it's never, it's relentless. Just, just imagine somebody sitting there tapping you on the head like that all day long. You'd be ready to kill somebody. But it's there. And it's there, and, and, and lest I should be exalted above measure. And he said, for this thing, I sought the Lord three times that it might depart from me. Strike three. <laughs> Once, nope. Twice, nope. Still there. Three times, I've asked you three times, Lord, this is still going on. And finally, God answers him. He didn't say he answered him the first time. After three different times, after three times of going to the Lord in prayer. No answer, but I went and prayed. No answer, I went and prayed. No answer. Oh, okay, I'm going to tell you something, Paul. My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Mm. So Paul says, wow. Well, if that's the case, if this is needed, if this here and and in my weakness, in my infirmity, I'm going to feel your strength and most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and in reproaches and necessities and persecutions in distress for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. We need to rely on the influence that God has in our life and believe that when we are going through these things that a perfect demonstration of the strength of God is being revealed in our life. That when we go through these things, when these things happen, we don't understand it. We need to have faith in him and realize that God is doing something in my life. And if God's doing this, then I accept it so that the power of Christ may rest on me. Where is our faith? Is it only in the deliverance or is it in him? That I can serve God despite the thorns. That I can serve God even if the boat is full of water. That I can serve God even when my world is falling apart because he has never left me. Listen, we love the Lord. Romans chapter 5 verse 3 through 8. Such a great passage of scripture. Paul says, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation works patience, patience, experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed. But that's not because you're hoping in the answers, it's because you're hoping in God. Your hope, my hope, our hope is in God, and hope maketh not ashamed. You'll never be let down by God. I didn't say you might not like the answer God gave. I said you'll never be let down by God. You'll never be ashamed of what God is doing in your life because the love of God, because you realize that it comes from a place of love in his life. God is love. So if God says no, he says no in love. If he says yes, he says yes in love. If he corrects, he corrects in love. If God gives, he gives in love. If he takes away, he takes away in love. If he heals our loved one, he heals them in love. And if he brings them home, he brings them home in love. But it's God that's doing that. And when our faith is in God, then we can sorrow not as others who have no hope. We can trust God. And even when we're in the middle of our trials and tests, we can realize that with every temptation, God will make a way of escape that I'm able to bear it because my faith is in him. Even Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, boy, we've mentioned them a lot lately. But on the brink of the fiery furnace, their faith was not in the deliverance. Their faith was in God. They said, well, God can, but whether he does or not, <laughs> we'll be out of your hands. You know, because we're not bowing down, because our faith is in him. Where was their faith? It was in the God they served, not in the deliverance. It was in the God they served. And whatever he decides to let us burn to let us die or to save us alive, 
still God. And we trust him and we believe him. And so that's what uh, Paul was writing here. He said, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. This is the God I'm talking about. I read most of this so that we would understand and be reminded that God loved us while we were sinners, while we were unworthy, while we, while we were no good for anything, and God still loved us and, and sent a way for us to be better, why would we think he would abandon us in our trial or in our test? We must have faith in God. Even Jesus made that statement uh, when they were all amazed at the fig tree that had withered away that he cursed. He just said, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Bring it back to him. And so, you know, we, we believe all things are possible. The Bible says with God, all things are possible. Isn't that what it says? I know it does, Mark 10 and 27. That's what it says. But if, if it's possible, that means it's possibility. And so when you think about this, and we believe all things are possible or a possibility with God, that means no might be a possibility. I'm not going to change this right now might be a possibility. I'm not going to heal this right now might be a possibility. And if our faith is only in his healing, then we get discouraged. And if our faith is only in the getting, we get discouraged. But if our faith is in him, we realize that all things work together for good to them that love God and are the called according to his purpose. We realize that when our faith is in him, that when he gives me the answer that I really wasn't looking for, I still realize that something else is working for my good. Because all things, even the no, a kid wants to run out into the street, and his mom says, no. And he gets mad. And as soon as he looks out to the road, he sees a big truck come by and realizes that if I had to run, I'd have been killed so the no was actually better for me you know God actually knows sometimes when no is better for us and we need to trust God in that and have faith in God because the Bible says if we believe all things are possible with God we have to also remember that 2 Corinthians 5 and 18 says and all things all things are of God every answer is from God if we pray Every answer, yes, no, all from God, who always only wants our best. God never wants our demise. He never wants us to be confused. He never wants us to be, to be hurt. Or, or hurt. He wants us to just trust him. He doesn't want us to fear. He's, that's what he's, he's looking at them like, we perish. Really, with me in this boat, you perish? It's not about... Where you know, did you forget your faith? It's like, where is it placed? Their faith was misplaced because all they could think about were the miracles, and they figured he's got a way out of this. And just instead of thinking, hey, we're with him, we can ride it out. The, the three Hebrew boys knew something that the 12 disciples didn't because if they'd had the faith of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they'd have just pulled up a pillow and said, I'm just gonna curl on up next to Jesus and sleep. Wake me when we get there. Sometimes in these storms, people get, they get disheartened. They get disheartened in their walk with God because of tragedy and heartbreak or unanswered or so we think unanswered prayers. And then we start questioning, did I buy into the wrong concept of God? Is it God supposed to just fix every single little problem in my life? Is it God supposed to wait on me hand and foot? Did I buy into the wrong concept? Why would a loving God let this happen? Oh, you, you people still say that. If God's so good and he's so loving, then why does he let people who are, are faithful, God-fearing people have a child with a birth defect? One man was born blind in the scripture, and it was so the glory of God could be revealed. 
Sometimes God lets things happen so other people can see what he is. We was talking about Sister Ashley Smith had that surgery. She had to go have her body cut open so the doctor could see, oh, there's no tumor. There was a tumor, but now there's not a tumor. And so she had to be that vessel to be cut open and sewed back together so somebody could see what God can do. It's going to be like that in our life sometimes. Listen, bad things happen to good Christians. Absolutely. Bad things happen to good Christians. We've got to understand that. But we can only walk with God successfully when we understand that the blessing is Christ, not what he gives. Be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. And so our walk with God will only be successful when we begin to understand that the blessing is him. He is the answer. Paul said in Philippians 3 and 8 that I may win Christ. That's what I want. He's the answer. He's the pearl of great price. He's the treasure in the field. I want him because with him, I'm all right. Everything will be taken care of. We learn this, though, but we learn it in a tragic, trial-filled walk with God. Because the trial of our faith is more precious than gold that perishes. And we think it not strange to fire a trial that is to try us as though some strange thing happened to us. If our boat's filling up with water, I can promise you Jesus knows it. And if he hadn't stopped the water coming in yet, it's because he knows the boat ain't going under. We've got to remember and ask ourselves daily, where is my faith? Don't get discouraged because of what you can see with your eyes. But I know, oh, disclaimer, I know that's easier said than done. When it looks like every single thing you try just hits flat on the ground, it's hard sometimes. But you've got to just step back and say, well, I have faith in God. And God orders my steps. And God's taking care of me. And so if this is failing here, there's a reason for it. There's a reason why it's not getting off the ground. There's a reason why it's not producing yet because God doesn't want it to. Man, God's not just good because of what he gives. He's also good about what he takes away. He's not just good in what he allows. He's also really good in what he don't allow. Hello. I'm glad that God has blocked me. <laughs> I'm talking, well, well, God blocked it. No, about the times that God blocked me. We shout about when God blocked it. But can we rejoice and shout when God blocked me from being my own worst enemy? From being my own stumbling block? I, I, I want to I make it to heaven one day. So God, if you got to block me, stop me, help me to, to walk right. In 1 Samuel chapter 30, David, King David, anointed David, giant killing David. That David was very distraught. Comes back to where he's living at that time in Ziklag and him and all his men. And when they get there, there's no wives and children running out to meet them. There's no food to eat. Nowhere to go in and rest because the city has been burned. And all of their possessions are gone. Their wives and children have been taken by the enemy. Everything is gone. And it says, and David was greatly distressed. Now David could be like, you know, all I'm trying to do, God, is what you want me to do. I could have killed Saul multiple times. I didn't do it. I'm still running around with this oil on my head that Samuel poured on me. You know, I'm anointed by you to be king. And, and here I am with everything I own, not just me, but all the men that follow me, all their stuff. So they want to kill me. And so David was greatly distressed because the people wanted to stone him. Because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and his daughters. Everybody was upset about the stuff. But David 
encouraged himself in the Lord. Not in what God provided. Not in what God could do. David encouraged himself in the Lord. He was a man after God's own heart. David uh, you know, was after the Lord like a, a deer pants after the water. He was, he, he was a, a man who just wanted more of God. And sure, he, had things, he was upset about his people being gone, but he knew, uh, here, here's what can happen. You can either encourage yourself in the Lord or you can discourage yourself in the Lord. I can't believe, God, that you would let your anointed lose his stuff. I can't believe that you would let me, who's supposed to be the king, have to put up with all these people wanting to kill me. If you really cared about me, God, I would have come home to my wife and my kids and everything would have just been fine. I don't know what to think about you right now, God. Maybe I just won't go to church. Well, God, maybe I just won't preach this week because you didn't come through. You can discourage yourself in the Lord as quickly as you can encourage yourself in the Lord. And if... Your life and walk with God is only about what God has given you on a daily basis. When things go haywire, you'll turn your back and run in just a minute. But if your faith is in Him, if your faith is solely in Him, and it's all about you, and I trust you no matter what's happening, you can encourage yourself in the Lord. And David encouraged himself in the Lord. You know what that did? It brought an answer. The Lord said, pursue Overtake, recover all. You can recover from the great. You can lose everything you have and you can still recover if you will encourage yourself in the Lord. Where is your faith? Where is our faith tonight? Is it in the stuff or is it in the Lord? We encourage or discourage depending on where our faith is. I love it. You feel like it's been a tough go. It was tough for David. But you can recover. I don't know if I'll come back from this. Only if you don't want to. Because you can recover. I don't know if I can get back on the path. Only if you don't want to. Because you can recover. He said, pursue it, overtake it, recover all. You can recover. It can happen. When you trust the Lord and your faith is in him and not in the things. In Job chapter 42, I'm I'm not far from being done. In Job chapter 42 and verse 10, it says, And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. And also the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Then came there unto him all his brethren, all his sisters, and all that, they had been, all that had been in his acquaintance before. They ate bread with him in the house. They bemoaned him, comforted him over all the evil that the Lord had brought upon him. Every man also gave him a piece of money and every man an earring of gold. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. For he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and a thousand she-donkeys. And he had also seven sons and three daughters. And he called the name of the first Jemima, and the name of the second Keziah, and the name of the third Karen Hapak. I hope that's right. And in all the land there were no women found so fair as the daughters of Job, and their father gave them inheritance among their brethren. After this, Job lived 140 years, saw his sons, his sons' sons, even four generations and Job died being old or full of days. And, and so when you read about just picture this for me. Maybe you, if you'd have lived in the time of Job and you were moving to that land, but you didn't know Job. And you come upon him in this chapter of his life. And you just walk into this little village and there's this guy walking down the street. Just There's something about him, man. He's just playing with his grandchildren and he's just... Well, what is it about this man right here, and, and, and who is this man? And, and, and what you're seeing is the Job of chapter 42. You're not seeing the Job of chapter 1. But to appreciate the Job of chapter 42, you have to read his whole story. 
you got 41 verses to, or chapters to catch up on. You got to see how that even his wife turned on him and how uh, his friends uh, turned on him and how he had lost all his possessions and all his children. And, and, and you got to see all this stuff and you think, well, man, it's, it's about his stuff, but it wasn't about his stuff. The reason you read about a Job in chapter 42 is because of the statements he makes in the middle of his tragedy. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job's faith was not in his things. It was in the God that gave them. God is the perfect giver and he is the perfect taker. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And you know what? Job lived through the tragedy. I'm telling you today that we can live through the hard stuff if our faith is in Him and not simply about, oh, I can't live, all of my stuff is gone. That's a sad way to know that our life is just so tied up in our stuff that we will die if we lost our stuff. But Job knew his life was tied up in God. And he said, I will not let go of my integrity. I'm not going to sin and, and talk foolishly and, and, and go against God. Even with, I'm not even going to say nothing against God because the Lord gives. He said, I came into this world with nothing and I'm going out of it with nothing. The Lord, he's the giver. Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above. It, it came from him. And if he wants to take it, by all means, he's the perfect giver and he is the perfect taker. He gives in love. He takes in love. He knew where Job's faith was. That's why he had no problem telling Satan, hey, have you considered my servant Job? Because there's not another one like him in the land. He hates evil and he loves me. And ain't nobody... Or if you want to be different than other people, hate evil and love him. Fear God. Serve him and trust him and don't, don't be caught up in your stuff. Where's our faith at tonight? First Peter chapter 1, and I'll end with these verses of Scripture, honey, if you want to come on to the music. First Peter chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. Peter talking to the church said, Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if it needs to be this way, you are in heaviness through manifold temptation, that the trial of your faith be much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, hadn't seen him, you love him. In whom, though you see him not, you believe in him. And you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. So despite what is going on in verse 6 and 7, heaviness, manifold temptations, trial of your faith, tried with fire, despite all these things, you love, you believe, and you rejoice because your faith's in Him, not in your stuff. Your faith is in Him and not in simply what He can do. It's because of faith in Him that things get done. Hello. That's why Jesus said, have faith in God. Without Him, I can do nothing. Jesus said it Himself. But Paul said, but through Him... I can do all things. It's through Him. It ain't about the thing. It's through Him things start happening. Where is our faith? Is it in the God of miracles? Or is it in God alone? Some trust in chariots and horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Our faith is in Him. Let's stand together. Hey, I know folks are going through things. And it's, we're going to go through more. It's going to happen. But I promise you, you can be like Job. You can be like David. You can be like the, all these people that got it back and that survived. When your faith rests in Him. Put your faith in God. The rest of it all fall in place. 
while she's playing tonight, open the altars up for you to come and pray. Come and seek the Lord for a few moments. If you, you feel like your boat's filling up with water, come down here and pray and talk to the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Where's your faith at tonight? Is it in the Lord? Hallelujah.
because of who he is. I worship you because of who you are. The scripture says we ought to worship him in spirit and in truth. Just worship him because of who he is. I was thinking about that today. The Lord wants us to worship him in spirit and truth. And Paul said in Ephesians that the truth is in Jesus. You can't worship the Lord outside of Jesus. That's the truth. <laughs> so I'll tell you, that, so we, we worship him because of who he is. He's the Lord God Almighty, King of kings and the Lord of lords, the first and the last, the I am, the Almighty, the everlasting Father. Blessed be his name forever. We worship him because he's faithful and true. We worship him because he's the Lord. Mm. Aren't you thankful for him today? Praise God. Give him a hand clap of praise. I'm thankful we have a God. I'm thankful that we have a God. And, and I'm thankful for the things that come along with that. But I'm so thankful most of all just to have him. Just to have him. Thank you for being in midweek service. Hope you have a tremendous week. Don't forget, Doug and Ashley Smith will be with us on Sunday at 12 o'clock. Uh, we're looking for a great time. Uh, gonna be uh, The Lord going to move. Invite somebody to church with you. If they need the Holy Ghost, tell them to come expecting. Know somebody needs to be baptized in Jesus' name and tell them to come on. Let's trouble that water on Sunday. How about that? Amen. God bless you. Have a great night, a safe night. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. <laughs>